Hello, everyone. Welcome hey. back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Universa. Hello, how are you? I'm good, and I'm even better because, Gene, you, you brought a friend with us today. Yeah, yeah, we haven't had a guest in a little bit. Everyone, uh, you know, locked down, but it's good to see different people, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, it's important to keep talking to people, take care of each other out there, you know, wash your hands, wear masks, all that jazz. Uh, but with us today is, is Frank Forte. Frank, how are you doing today? Good. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Good. It's going good. Um, yeah, Frank, I uh, met you on a set of a uh, short film that you were working on. I was working on. Um, it's, uh, it was called The uh, Sound Man. Yeah, uh, Sound Man. <clears throat> we're, in, uh, mm -hmm. we're in post now. We're almost done with it. It's looking really good. And uh, yeah, Gene... Uh, answered a call for uh, some extras. We had to <clears throat> have some people dress up as birders and twitchers um, because it was like this uh, uh, a woman gets up to try to give a talk on a rare bird and it starts going awry and we needed a bunch of extras to be in the, uh, the audience. And uh, a lot of people, we had like 40 people answer our call, which was really great. And Gene yeah, was yeah. one of them and we kind of just started talking between takes and uh, kind of chatted about comics and everything. And he told me how to podcast and said, Hey, maybe you should come on. So finally we're getting around to it. That was in March. We filmed that. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like a whole other lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you guys a link to the trailer and the website um, if you want to see it, but it's, uh, it's looking really good. We're going to start submitting to festivals. So hopefully we'll get in, you know, it's, uh, it's coming together. Well, yeah, we like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's good to hear. Yeah. Um, when we started uh, talking on set, I think I uh, drew up the conversation since uh, you're a content editor at Heavy Metal uh, magazine. Um, I've read uh, some issues in the past and I was a big fan of uh, all the artwork and everything. Oh, cool. and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my jobs. I have like, I'm one of those guys that has like many jobs. I, I do all sorts of stuff, maybe too much, you know, I, uh, I work as an editor at Heavy Metal. I've been doing that since about 2010. Um, I have a, a publishing company called Asylum Press. We publish stuff like Warlash, Steve Mannion's Fearless Dawn. Um, we've done uh, Undead Evil. We've taken a break for a while, but we're kind of getting back into it. We could talk about that a little bit. But I also work as a storyboard artist and animation and film. I do fine art and painting. And now I'm into like film, the short film production. So yeah, I do a lot of different, a lot of different stuff. But yeah, heavy metal uh, was one of the things that I do. And I'm, I'm still there. And we just put together our 300th issue, which is like a milestone. And I had a hand in editing a bunch of the stories. So uh, 299 just came out. That was our fantasy special. And mm -hmm. um yeah, 300 is going to be really cool when you guys see it. It's got a brand new Mobius, not a brand new Mobius story, a Mobius story that was never translated into English. So it's a six page Mobius story that you've probably never seen before. We have some Libertor, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff. If you like heavy metal, there's a, there's a new, there's been a reboot of it. So it's entirely different editorial team, creative team. And we're kind of making a, new break with issue 300. Yeah, very cool. I definitely want to check that out. Uh, I'm a big Mobius fan, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love all his artwork. Yeah, I think, I think you, like, you like the issue for sure. Um, yeah, Mobius, Libertor, who did Rank Xerox, Corbin, those are the three 
guys from like the past, kind of like the first issue. Oh, and, and Mark and Vaughn Bodie did a story. Bodie and Mobius were in the first issue of Heavy Metal. So he kind of wanted to go back to issue one and kind of bring that together. Libertor with Rank Xerox was there in the 70s and 80s. Corbin, of course, was there. I think he was in the first issue as well. And then we got a bunch of new talent, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Medme did a story. Um, we have David Irwin. We're doing a Tarna story. Um, there's a Glenn Fabry does a cover. And we have um, uh, Duke Mighton uh, came aboard. Uh, Kelly Jones is in it. It's a really cool, like, all-star issue is what we're calling it. So, yeah, fans of new and old heavy metal, I think, will really like it. And um, it's kind of like a reboot, great jumping on point if you want to start some new serials, see some new short stories, and kind of see what the new heavy metal is all about. Um, it's all about, you know, bringing, celebrating the old talent and bringing in new talent as well. So, and again, sci-fi, fantasy, and horror and, uh, you know, serials as well as short stories. And um, I think it's going to be really cool. I think people are going to really like it. Yeah. Right. Speaking of uh, new and old talent, how did you get started in uh, animation? So animation, I was kind of like uh, trying to make a living um, doing comics in the 90s. I was part of that black and white boom with this comic I had called Vampire Versus. I did some stuff in Cry for Dawn. Um, I worked for Boneyard Press and, um, you know, the indies, you could make a little money at the beginning, but when the bottom fell out of comics in like 95, when you had the distributor wars, it was a difficult to make money. It became difficult. A lot of stores went under, all the distributors went under. I could, I, I was having a hard time breaking into the mainstream. So I realized I needed to make money somehow. So I kind of I took a job in a little animation studio in Connecticut. And after they went under, I came to LA because I liked storytelling. And I knew I could tell stories with pictures. And I decided that storyboarding um, was a great way to go because I could, I could draw all that stuff, you know, from comic book drawing, backgrounds, characters, guns and cars and spaceships. Um, so I had a knowledge in, in all that, um, but you know, it was, I had to do something, but, I, but comics was not making me the money that I wanted to. It was hard mm -hmm. for me to survive. And when I found out that storyboarding was a way to make money, I tried to do it in Connecticut and New York. It wasn't happening and I knew all the work was out in LA. So I moved out here in 2002 and just started trying to show my work around. I, I kind of wanted to work in either animation or live action. I wasn't sure how the business worked or how to get jobs. So I just kind of came out and started showing my portfolio around. And I did kind of kind of straddle the two. You know, I, I worked in some animation, I did some live action, and I still kind of work in both. So I kind of like it because there are different, it's kind of like a different dynamic. You know, you, you do a lot more drawing in animation and you can control it more. But sometimes I don't want to do all that drawing. And when you go to live action, it's more like you're giving the director a blueprint for what to shoot on the set. So it's less drawing, it's a lot looser. Um, so there's kind of cool things about both. But I like being able to dip my toe in both waters, you know. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, yeah, you know, going off of it, you know, you've been working for so long. How has it um, changed kind of right now in this moment of uh, just like working remotely um, during, you know, kind of this uh, pandemic? Can you talk a little bit about that, yeah. how it affected? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think for the animation productions that have, were going on, they were pretty much able to make a seamless transition into working from home, you know, and working remotely. Because animation is kind of set up like that, where you could all work from home, send your files in, the director can look it over, make notes, send it back to you. It just was, it's a kind of a seamless transition. And then when you're done with that, you could send the stuff overseas, it could get animated, sent back. Um, but for live action, it pretty much stalled because of yeah. people have to be close quartered on a set. There's no real way to do it. They haven't really figured it out yet. So all the pre-production for storyboarding kind of shut down. I was actually working on Conjuring 3 at Warner Brothers on the Warner Brothers lot when this whole thing went down. Like I went in on Monday and people were like, mm -hmm. okay, great, great. We're going to start. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Tuesday, it was like, hey, there's this like virus in China, but it's not going to come here. Don't worry about it. By Wednesday, it was like, uh, the virus is spreading. We're kind of worried about it. We're not sure. You know, we're just going to take yeah. it. And then by Thursday, it was like, we're probably working from home on Monday. We're going to see what happens. And then by Friday, it was like, we're shut down. Like, it was like that fast and it was just yeah. done. And all the live action stuff shut down. I think a few things might be going on here and there, but they're reluctant to start pre-production because they don't really know when they can go into production. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that uh... Animation, animation's mm -hmm. going. I mean, it's it's not like they've greenlit a lot of new projects, but all the ones that were going never really stopped. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, yeah that like week. I think it was like around like March tenth. Yeah. Know, that that second uh -huh. week of uh, March. Yeah, that's it was like a horror movie in itself, where it, it just was. everything. Yeah, slowly. And out here it was died. like a gray week, like the sun wasn't out. And it was mm -hmm. like gray, so they even added to the doom and gloom. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like someone. Uh, yeah, it was very cinematic. <laughs> but um, is there? You know, um, it's it's good that at least animation, you know, is still still just working remotely and you know, kind of uh, you know, has that luxury. Um, is there any? Is there anything that's like any? Um, like, is what are the strengths of just a? Uh, doing that from home i mean obviously you know staying safe but do you think it's improved maybe any parts of the animation industry no i mean i don't think a lot of people like to go into a studio and have some social interaction with people um you know if you have a long commute it's probably good for you um yeah. you know for me i was able to i'm not currently on a job right now so i was able to focus on a lot of my own stuff you know mm -hmm. so the comics that i wanted to finish uh, my goon cartoons for YouTube. I mean, for me, I'm able to wake up every morning. I'm not distracted by anything and I can work on all my own stuff. So I go between my own comics, the goon cartoons, doing stuff for heavy metal, a few other things, this film that I'm working on. But for me, it's great because I'm able to focus back on my own creator own stuff. So I, I, I'm liking it. I mean, I want to get a job again soon, but right now I'm on a roll and I'm in the you know, I'm in the, the, the creative mode so I can get a lot of stuff done. So I'm actually, uh, I'm actually enjoying it. 
believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of just been like a weird vacation in a way. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean, it has, I don't know, are you guys, were you guys working before this happened? Or are you guys still doing your day jobs? Or what are you, uh, what are you currently working on? Oh, uh, no, no, no more day jobs here for, yeah. for me. Uh, I've got that lovely unemployment life going on. I see. But uh, it. It is, you know, to be honest, we haven't really talked about it too much on the show. We, we've had a couple friends on and we've talked about it a little bit, but like, it's not the worst. It's just not good. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I know, totally. it, it is nice to kind of like at the beginning of this to just unplug, but then like the reality of the situation is just so awful that it's like, oh yeah, no, this is, this is not good. <laughs> and i go through my days too where like when you really watch the news and you think about it you're like oh my god and at the beginning it was it was really depressing and kind of would freak me out and i'd have Mm -hmm. to stay away from the news i'd have to watch a little news and then just tune it out and then some days would go by where i would try to not even watch the news for a day because it was too freaky and um now i'm my brain's a little more accustomed to it so I'll watch a little bit here and there, watch some tweets, but I try to just focus on what I'm doing so that I can look back on this time and be sure that I didn't waste my time, you know, because if, if you're not self-motivated and you're not doing something, I think it's real easy to get depressed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, m- most definitely. Uh, it's, it's definitely something that Gene and I have also discussed, like even off the show, you know, like yeah, uh, we're, we're trying to, to make our own stuff happen, even apart from the podcast. And it is just like, sometimes it's a little hard, like, why am I getting up this morning? You know, nothing like dark, but also just like, why, why are we doing this today? Yeah, and, it's, uh, like it's, a... it's important to focus on, on at least some positives or at least try to find something that makes you happy. So yeah. let, let me ask you a question, Frank, then like, what, what jobs can you look back fondly on before this all happened? You know, like, like what are you most proud of i guess i would say yeah, right well i mean the thing that i worked on most recently i was a storyboard artist on um solar opposites i don't know if you guys saw that it's on hulu mm-hmm. it's by the same guys that did a uh, rick and morty that was a really fun show because we kind of knew that it was going to be a good show just by working on it and the storyboards we would laugh at you know the animatics when we were watching it and same similar writing team to Rick and Morty and it just had the same kind of weird far out humor sensibilities so that was really fun and it was a great crew and everybody was having fun on it it was one of those shows where you weren't that stressed out and nobody was really on your back or anything so everybody was was having fun and the crew was great so it was it was definitely uh it was definitely cool um Aside from that, you know, I worked on Bob's Burgers for about four years. And that was really great because when I first came on it, second season, nobody knew the show. I told people, I work on Bob's Burgers. I never heard of it, never heard of it. And slowly, second, third, by the fourth season, it was really picking up steam. And I would do Comic-Con every year. And the first year I did it, I I was, you know, there wasn't any merch out. So... I didn't even know if I mentioned it. There was nothing to really show. Nobody knew what it was. By the fourth season, I think the comic books were out and I had a little sign or like the comic books and, and people just kept coming over to my table 
you work on Bob's Burgers? Oh my God, oh my God. And, <laughs> and then for a while there, my table was surrounded and I was like, oh my God, this is like a really popular show. Like you don't see that stuff when you're working on a, on a show. Like you hear about the ratings, but you don't really see the fervor or the excitement. When you're at Comic-Con and you're like, have a sign that says you worked on Bob's Burgers, a show like that, people just are drawn to your table. Like they want to like know you or touch you or just be like, <laughs> what's it like working on that show? Like, I love that show. And, and then by the next year, I think my table was pretty much surrounded. You couldn't even get to my table. There were so many people there because of that show. And that's when I was like, holy shit, this show is really, really popular. Like I've never seen a show before. And it is, it really was just, I think it's like more popular than The Simpsons. I don't see that kind of fan base with The Simpsons or Family Guy. It's really crazy. Like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, the fans of Rick and Morty are just crazy <laughs> over that show. <laughs> yeah. And working on the show was great. You know, it was great to see the cast come in for a uh, table reads and um, you know, we got to work on the comic book and like I was there for the table read of the hundredth episode. And uh, you yeah, know, yeah. it was great to just watch that, watch the shows in the room and like just watch the show get popular. So that was really fun. Yeah. We're uh, yeah. We're really big fans of that show. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it really deserves it. Cause it's just, you know, it's so funny. And then it's just, uh, it's just so wholesome. You know, you love all the characters. You, yeah. Uh, you know? It's like they know how to write really good, likable characters. They really do. That That's what the secret of that show is, I think. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really fun. That was probably one of the more fun times I had. Um, I worked on, I don't know if you guys, did you guys see Three Below on Netflix? Um, no, not I yet. I don't think so. It was the follow-up yeah. to Troll Hunters. You guys, I don't know if you watched Troll Hunters. No, okay, oh, the, I, okay. I recognize the title. Yeah. I was like, I was treading lightly, but no, no, no. Okay, so I was waiting for the last of the series to come out, oh, and Wizard. then I was gonna binge watch all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Wizards is coming out soon, um, and you know that was cool because it was a Guillermo del Toro project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that was really fun. Um, he wasn't really there that much. He came in a few times, and you'd see him in there, but he, he was really busy with his movies and stuff. Um, yeah. But but that was fun to work at the DreamWorks campus and work on a show that you know was created by Guillermo and it had a big budget and there was a lot of talent on there and uh and I think the end product was really cool so you know it's not you could tell by looking at three below and troll hunters that a lot there was a bigger budget on that than some of the other DreamWorks shows and it shows in the lighting and the filming and the cuts and everything so that was kind of cool yeah I know it by all accounts, I mean, you know, I haven't seen it, but yeah, it just looks, uh, you know, just like uh, if Guillermo del Toro did like the Goonies or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, it was, um, and I think uh, I, they just put out a trailer for Wizards, which is the third part, and uh, that's going to look pretty cool. So it'll be cool to see that. And I think they're going to wrap it up with like a movie where after Wizards, they're going to have Troll Hunters, Three Below, and Wizards. All the characters will team up to fight all the villains and that'll be like the the big ending i i that's what they were talking about when i was there so i'm not sure if that's still going to happen or not but 
Oh, wow. That sounds like huge. Yeah. It's like Guillermo del Toro's Avengers. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it'd be like Endgame, like, like yeah. Infinity War or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, kind of going off of that, just um, for animation houses, because um, you said del Toro was, you know, he was around, a little hands off. Can you talk about how um, some of the creative people behind that, how hands are, how hands are, they are just in uh, different departments? Yeah, well, like Rodrigo Blas, he was the uh, supervising director. He was there a lot, and he was the liaison between uh, us and Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I mean, Mar Mark Guggenheim, he was like the showrunner on some of those DC shows, right? Arrow or something? Yeah. He, mm -hmm. was, he was on that show, and I think him and the writers got together early and brainstormed and did all the scripts. And then we worked there with the other writers and uh, the other directors and everything. It was very collaborative. Like we were able to throw in gags and if we had a suggestion for the script, we could suggest it or jokes and stuff. So they, they were really open to collaborating. And, um, you know, Guillermo del Toro would come in, I think once a month and kind of look over everything make his notes and then we get his notes like once a month and then we'd have to go make changes on that. But um, they were, uh, the writers were there to rewrite stuff. So it was pretty collaborative. It was, they were hands-on, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it sounds, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it sounds like, uh, sounds like the dream just, uh, you know, animating. Um, Kind of uh, changing gears here. Can you talk? Because it seemed like you were a big comic book fan. Um, what uh, comic artist do you take uh, inspiration from? Just uh, you know, in all your I comic book. I mean, there were so many. Like I, I'm older. I won't say my age, but let's just say when I started reading comics. <laughs> yeah. Here's the comics that were on the stands, right? And I'd buy them off the newsstand. Um, John Byrne and Chris Claremont were doing their X Men run, mm -hmm. right? Frank Miller was doing his Daredevil run. Michael Golden was on Micronauts. George Perez was doing Avengers. And for DC, I mean, you still had Kurt Swan like drawing Superman's. Mm -hmm. Jim Aparo was doing Batman. And it was right, you know, I saw when, you know, Frank Miller left his Daredevil, did Ronin and then Dark Knight. So like that was when I started. So all those guys influenced me, you know, all those older guys. And then in the nineties, I liked, you know, like all the heavy metal people like Mobius, Tanino Libertor who did rank Xerox. I was into Mignola. I was, um, I didn't really gravitate to like some of the image stuff. Like when Jim yeah. Lee was on X-Men, I thought I found that cross hatching style wasn't, really i mean i liked mcfarlane and i and i and i liked jim lee but i thought like everybody started mimicking that crosshatch style which i wasn't really as drawn to as like something like bernie wrightson or tim vigil or kelly jones who used like heavy blacks and mignola who used heavy blacks and and people like um you know mobius i was always into so i gravitated more towards the alternative kind of looking artists you know mm -hmm. um but i was there for all that stuff um but i like yeah i like miller 
Michael Golden. I like Mignola. Um, you know, Mobius. A lot of the French guys like Droulet, Casa. Anyone that was in heavy metal in the 80s. Pepe Moreno. I always like those guys, you know. Yeah. No, y'all amazing. 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 Yeah, it's such a shame, too. I think uh, George Perez, I think he retired a couple, maybe semi-recently. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's hard to believe that, you know, someone that draws comics would retire from it. Like, I feel like I'm always going to be drawing my own comics, no matter what. Like, I'll never really, like Ditko, like Steve Ditko mm -hmm. drew until, like, he died. Like, he yeah. always worked on his own stuff. He never stopped drawing. So I couldn't see myself like retiring, you know? Yeah, because I believe Dicko mm -hmm. was doing like a lot of like commercial work or um, it's like art design, things like that. Yeah, maybe he did. I know that, you know, he still worked for DC and he worked for Charlton and there's all these really creepy horror comics that he did in the 80s that I used to read and I was always creeped out by him. I would read a Ditko story and I'd be like, this is this would creep me out more than some of the stuff in House of Mystery. It was just the way he drew his characters or something, you know, and he was, his drawing style was a little bit stiff and a little weird and it, and it wasn't like Miller or any of those guys, but I, I, I always liked it for the creep factor, you know? Yeah. Like even on uh, Spider-Man, he always draws like, you know, Peter Parker or Spider-Man, just very lanky, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. His, yeah, his arm is in like a weird direction when he's like yeah, shooting the web or something. Weird, like the an anatomy's not like you would want to see, or it's not like Romita or Kirby, but mm -hmm. uh, there's something about it that I don't know. I kind of always, I always liked it, especially you know the the horror stuff that he did. Like he was in Time Warp. I don't know if you remember Time Warp. Do you remember that thick DC comic that came out in the '80s? No, no, I think that the little you guys should uh, check that out. If you're into like weird space short stories, it's kind of like the outer limits. Um, and then all the stuff he did for Charlton, all those he did a lot of horror stories for Charlton, which were really great. So you know, yeah, he was he was he. I always liked him. I always really liked yeah. him. Yeah, hmm. I'm I'm definitely into the. I know genius too. The weird science fiction horror stuff. So that sounds right up my alley. Uh, so on the subject of uh, of basically creating art like for as long as you can, you know, as long as you're on this planet, do you have any passion projects that you'd, you'd love to get started on like soon? I, I know sometimes you got to play these things close to the vest, but. Dude, I mean, too many that I could even mention. I mean, really, that's all I'm working on right now is passion projects. So like, I mean, for one thing, I, started putting a lot of the comics that I did in the early 2000s and the 90s up on mm -hmm. Webtoon and Tapas. So if anyone's on Webtoon and Tapas, they can find my stuff there. It's uh, Warlash is one of them. It's kind of like a, 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 a secret agent, an armored secret agent. And he's kind of, kind of like Judge Dredd meets Robocop in a way. So that's all free on Webtoon. Um, Undead Evil is like a H.P. Lovecraft meets Angel Heart. It's kind of like takes place in New Orleans and has voodoo, but has Lovecraftian horrors. That's a black and white comic that I'm doing with this guy, Ninad Gesunja, who's from Serbia. And we've got two issues done. We're trying to finish the third one, but I decided to put it out on, on Webtoon and Tapas just to get people into it. 
Um, and I'm doing this thing called The Infinite Kid. It's kind of like a manga thing. And that's going to be available on Comixology as well. Um, and that's also on Tapas and Webtoon. Just look up Infinite Kid. Um, so those are some of the comics I'm working on. Um, I've got a website called Beyond Doomsday, which is all of my uh, short stories, sci-fi, fantasy, and horror that were in heavy metal, as well as some news stories that weren't in heavy metal. And that's going to be a hardcover collection that I'm going to kickstart soon. But I have a website, which is beyonddoomsday.com. And that's kind of like um, everything post-apocalyptic. We have news articles. We're going to do reviews. We're going to do comic reviews. But I want to use it as like a, a launching pad for this annual hardcover collection of, you know, stories that I write and hire other creators to draw, but it's basically post-apocalyptic short stories. So Very that's, cool. those are kind of like some of my comic book passion projects that I'm working on now that I'm trying to finish. And I don't know if I'm going to kickstart them or publish them through comic stores or digitally or a combination of both. I'm, I'm just trying to finish them. And if you go to my, my, like my, my Twitter and my Instagram, I, I show little, hints of like what I'm working on, like Asylum Press and, and, and Frank Forte. Uh, I show little hints of it. So I'm kind of like teasing it out. But when COVID, when we figure out after what's going on with COVID, I'm going to figure out how to publish them. Um, so that's what I'm doing in comics. Those are my passion projects. Nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that sounds really awesome. I'll put links down to those things down below, too, in the description yeah, of the YouTube and no, SoundCloud. Cool. And yeah, yeah, definitely want to yeah. spread the word on those things. Um, so that's, that's the comics area of it. Are there any uh, live action or animated shows you'd love to like, explore, like either as a storyboard artist or uh, a writer? Yeah. Any, anything in that field? Sure. I mean, the, the main thing we're doing now, too, is I also, uh, on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Goon Cartoons. And um, if you just go to YouTube and search up Goon Cartoons, at G-O-O-N Cartoons, you'll see all my animated shorts that I'm kind of like the supervising director of. Mm -hmm. And I'm working with other storyboard guys that work on, um, like, Venture Brothers and... Uh, Bob's Burgers and Ren and Stimpy and, um, you know, Mike Tyson Mysteries and some voiceover people. And we're kind of just there and we're creating brand new original content. It's kind of like if you like Adult Swim, Robot Chicken, Venture Brothers, uh, the old liquid televisions, they're kind of like little animated shorts that are kind of funny, but geared at adults. And, you know, we're doing some Cuphead parodies. We've got a SpongeBob parody coming up. And then we have original stuff like uh, Buck Billy, who's like a redneck vlogger. And we have um, Pissed Off Possum, which is like a possum that's like really angry at the world. And he's just like ranting and he's like going off about all sorts of weird stuff that like gets him angry. Um, we have a thing called Cut It Out. And the first episode of that is up. And that's kind of like... Uh, animation that's kind of done in the cutout style of um monty python you guys see monty python yeah. Yeah, definitely. little shorts so cut it out is kind of like cut out animation that's done with that as an inspiration 
but using flash and using effects and kind of adding a little bit to it. So that's really fun. People are really liking that one. And the second episode of that's almost done. Um, and then we have a, another original one that we're doing there is called um, the Ultra Mega Super Squad. And that's kind of like a, it's almost like a reality show. Like if the Super Friends met the Venture Brothers, met like the Kardashians, it's kind of like if it was a reality show in a superhero headquarters and all the superheroes are dysfunctional and pissed off at each other and trying to like just badmouth each other, that's what kind of the show is. So the, the little teaser of that is up on Goon Cartoons and nice. we're working on the first actual episode, which is about 15 minutes. So that's almost done. So really like Goon Cartoons is the way for me to kind of use my expertise in animation where I was an animator, a storyboard guy, a background guy, a character designer. I'm kind of putting all of that together and just creating my own stuff. And uh, to wrap up the last segment of our show, we always talk about uh, what we're watching on Netflix now or HBO or whatever, movies, TV shows. Um, Gene and I, of course, just did our last episode on the best summer movies of 2020, which were, of course, all on streaming. Um, uh, but Frank, what, what have you been watching lately? What's, what's new in the, the media world of Frank? Yeah, so currently, I'm definitely addicted to uh, Perry Mason on HBO. Uh, it's a really good show. Uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which is um, about uh, Michelle McNamara's book about the Golden State Killer. Um, that just wrapped up. And uh, Alienist, which is, I think, TNT. Yeah. But it's about uh, late 1800s crime solvers in that era. Uh, so uh, that's that's also really cool, really dark. Um, and then I just, HBL Max I have, so I've been watching Harley Quinn. I watched the first two episodes. I love that. And then I finally got into Doom Patrol, which it's, I know it's been out for a while, but I didn't have it. So I watched the first season of that, and that was cool. What about you guys? Uh, well, I saw the, the pilot of Doom Patrol. I just want to say really quickly. Okay. Yeah, I was skeptical, and it is fantastic. Yeah. So I got to watch the rest of it. Yeah. 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 But really bizarre too. It's not like the rest of the DCEU, oh. but it's connected, but it's like a bizarre, I, I like it, you know? Yeah. I, I uh, just finished the uh, first season. I'm moving on to the second. So I'm a little behind, but yeah, I just, I love how, um, yeah, I just love how it's, um, it's just basically just like Grant Morrison's, um, yeah, just Grant Morrison's like run, you know. Like it's his storylines, is it? See, I don't, I don't remember everything about that. I read, I didn't read all of them, but I read some of them a long time ago. But it is his storylines then. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, just kind of like it seemed basically just the um, like his first couple runs, like they used like Mister Nobody, um, a lot uh -huh. of the characters he was. Um, I don't think it's you know, it's it's an adaption, so it's not you know verbatim, but right, right. right yeah it's still yeah it's and there's very like a uh, few grant morrison sort of adaptions out there in like media you know he's uh probably one of my favorite comic book writers so it's just cool no, right and then i i worked with him a little bit when he was editor of heavy metal he was the uh, editor-in-chief for about 13 issues so i worked with him a little bit there and that was really cool you know he he definitely likes really bizarre stuff when he was looking at the stuff that he wanted to include it was all really out there you know which is no surprise but you know 
and then he contributed to heavy metal with his own short stories. Um, but yeah, they, he did happy was out there. That was based on his right mm -hmm. on sci-fi, I think. Yes. And I thought there was another show that he was writing. I remember I read that in the trades. Oh, um, it's on that Peacock app. It's like brave new world. He yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So I don't know where that, what happened with that. Oh, uh, that's, that's streaming right now. Yeah. If anyone is. Yeah, wants to see that's on a Peacock, Peacock, so it's like NBC's. Oh, it's on Peacock. Yeah, right? so you yeah. have to pay for that, right? I believe it's free for right now, Diego. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I think so they're doing the it? old Hulu model, you know, like yeah. the old Hulu model where they it's free, but there's a lot of commercials okay. in it right now. So yeah. it's an app that you download just like HBO Max and Hulu. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll check that out. And Brave New World, good, bad, weird. Um, I haven't seen it. Um, okay. I like the book in high school, but um, like if Graham Morrison's working on, I'm sure it's you know pretty entertaining. Yeah, but, I, I thought yeah. he was gonna write the pilot and maybe write some episodes. I'll have to check it out. Let's we'll check oh. it out. That sounds good. Thanks, man. You guys turned me on to that. I didn't know where that was. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, spread the uh, Graham Morrison word. <laughs> so and guys then I have to ask. Because Gene, I know, has not seen them yet. But Frank, have you seen either Community or Avatar The Last Airbender? Community I like, and I've been watching that. And I like that show kind of similar to the way I like um, mm. uh, Parks and Rec. That reality show kind of feel, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and what was the other one you said? Avatar The Last Airbender. You're talking about the animation? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I haven't watched that as much as I like. I've seen episodes, but I haven't sat through it. But I hear everybody loves it. It's great, right? It's terrific. It. And you know, I'll just use this to make the official announcement. So on on the show, Frank, we also do a series of retrospectives where we look back at a series of movies or filmmakers' like career, right? And so for the next one, uh, my friend Matt and I will be doing Avatar: The Last Airbender. And it has been a joy. Several episodes have been recorded on the Patreon. Those will be available early for people. Oh, cool. So keep an eye out. Awesome. And uh, it, it's, it, it's terrific. And I have not known a single person that's finished the first season and not fallen in love with it. Yeah, right, right. Gene, <laughs> I've been telling you forever <laughs> to watch the show. Where can you stream that for free? Can you? Uh, you can watch it on Netflix right now. Okay, cool. Yeah, all, all 61 yeah, yeah. episodes. Cool. It's awesome. What about anime? What's your What are you guys into for anime? Are you into oh. like Kill La Kill or um, um, I'm a big uh, I'm a big uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion fan. Oh, the Gene Freeze. Oh, Frozen. Frozen. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, you're back. Go ahead, Gene. You were gonna say something? Yeah, um, just a. Uh, I was a big Neon Genesis Evangelion fan. Okay, cool. Last year and uh, nice. Cowboy Bebop. Uh, love that show. He loves it too. Yeah, yeah right. Cabo Bebop is, is kind of like my holy grail of anime and like top five show situation right. like ever, right. you know? I know, I've seen, I was into it and I watched maybe the first five episodes, it was a while ago, but um, I got to sit through and watch all of them because yeah. I really liked that and I really liked um, Samurai Champloo, that was really cool. I, I saw a bit of that too, actually, same creator, right? I think I think so. I yeah, think. and then he's uh he, he's still uh because 
I remember it got announced two years ago. Uh, he's still going to do that Blade Runner anime. Apparently, it's still being worked on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he's doing a whole series. Yeah, it's like a series. The uh, creator of Cowboy Bebop is doing a Blade Runner. Okay, because I know he, I know he did the short to tee yeah. up the twenty forty nine. That's available yeah. to watch on YouTube for anyone, any listeners that haven't checked it out yet. It's really cool. good. Cool. To watch it. Awesome. Yeah. And then I, I guess that's, that's kind of it. I haven't been watching anything new. I've just been rewatching Avatar for the podcast now. So, <laughs> so that's 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 what I got. Well, um, there, well, look, there's so much stuff you can almost get burned out. Yeah. For now, we're forced to sit home all the time. Yeah. There's so much you could get like, you know, binge burn or something because you're just watching so much and taking it in. Oh, uh, Narcos, I really like too. I was watching. I just finishing the second season of narcos mexico i don't know if you guys will ever watch narcos on netflix but the first two was the pablo escobar story Mm -hmm. and narcos mexico takes off after that and how the other cartels took over when pablo escobar died and what happened after that based on true story but you know you know Mm -hmm. fictionalized for (laughs) for tv yeah no i i've it's so weird. I have a weird relationship with it because I followed like all the production history of that. And, you know, like I know they unfortunately underwent like a tragedy, but like all of the, the behind the scenes stuff of that are so fascinating to me because there's <laughs> so many talented people whose careers I've started following that worked on that show, right, right. but I've never seen a, a moment of it. So I, I need to sit down and watch it at some point because they clearly right. have like their eye on the ball in terms of yeah, casting right. at least. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. You guys are really, yeah, you, you guys will be addicted to it. Trust me, it's like it's like True Detective in a way. You just you just can't stop watching it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I was gonna. I told Gina I was gonna tell you, I was gonna draw you guys as uh, Bob's Burgers characters if you wanted to. So send me uh, your send me some photographs, like uh, take a selfie, mm-hmm. maybe like mm-hmm. like not a straight on, but a little bit three quarter front, like your head turned, and I'll draw you guys as uh, Bob's Burgers characters. Yeah. Okay, sure. That Thanks, awesome. man. I appreciate that. Yeah, fans, yeah, of, fans of Bob's really like seeing that because they could kind of like be part of the show, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm losing my mind already because I love Bob's Burgers. So, yeah, yeah. thank you. That's that's amazing. Yeah. I'm going to start Photoshopping myself into scenes eventually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, thank you so much, Frank, again, uh, for, for joining us. This is a delight. Man. Yeah, yeah um, and thank you, Gene, for for inviting him on and then for striking up a friendship. Uh, where can the people find you online? I know we did plugs kind of throughout the show, but again, for the listeners at home. Yeah, right, so social media on Instagram, it's Frank Forte Art. Uh, same on Twitter, Frank Forte Art. Uh, FrankForte.com is my website. Um, and Goon Cartoons is really, just look up Goon Cartoons on YouTube. We have a website, but it's really... Uh, Goon Cartoons on Insta, Goon Cartoons on Twitter. But yeah, we're really looking. If you guys want to, you know, go to the website, uh, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. We're really trying to do like three new original cartoons a week. So if you want really funny stuff, it's short. It's, you know, if you like Adult Swim or Rick and Morty, Liquid Television, Beavis and Butthead, that's the kind of stuff we're doing. Um, And then Asylum Press, my company is... You could go to asylumpress.com and then I have links there to all the webtoons and all the comics that I've done. And a lot of the stuff is still in print. So you could go to the 
store and order actual print comics that I have in my garage, like piling up dust and collecting dust. And, but, um, so all the stuff that I created in the nineties and the two thousands, I still have it. So you can still buy it. Nice. But great. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Really fun. I hope you guys, you know, do well uh, with this and get through COVID. And then, you know, every few months we'll get together and touch base or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah, I'd be glad to, uh, you know, we'll all be partying in the streets when this is all over or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, that, that'll be, that'll be fun. Uh, I've, I've always joked about it since it started, like the, the moment it's safe for large groups of people to gather, I'm basically just going to throw like the biggest beach party, like on the planet, like every, <laughs> just come, everyone <laughs> come, sing out. <laughs> That's what you want to do. I mean, I've been I've been doing the whole distancing thing where I invite somebody over and we go to my patio and we like stay six or seven feet apart. And it's like that helps because you're actually seeing somebody because being on Zoom is it gets it's like you're watching TV, you're watching TV all day, all night. And then you're on Zoom. Sure, you can interact, but it's not the same as like being there with someone, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. Definitely need it, you know. You're everyone's gonna start going crazy, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, like I know it's like a long outro, but whatever, whatever. It's our show; we can do what we want. <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, I went to a friend's birthday party like two months ago now, I think, and they're a nurse, and the only other people there were like nurses, and there was like less than six of us there. So I was like, yeah, this is fine, and they're a bunch yeah. of nurses, so they understand yeah. that this is serious; they're not gonna right. screw around. So. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but but again thank thank you so much for, yeah, for coming on links to, to all of links all of frank stuff down below of course and uh, uh gene where can the people find you uh you can find me on twitter and instagram gene 9892 and of course uh, check out the waffle press on youtube soundcloud spotify itunes patreon and twitter at the waffle press and instagram and all those places and don't forget to check out the patreon where you can also recommend movies for us to watch uh, on on separate tiers and just get early access to things on, on other tiers there too so again frank thanks gene thanks thanks everyone for listening thanks for watching we have been professionally unprofessional thanks guys appreciate it have a good one